Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. There are things in life that are okay to cheap out on, but your car battery is not one of them. And that's because you never know what a cheap battery could cost you. Like, uh, say, Paul's going to see the Holy Triumphant Russian concert or reunion show. It's impossible right now. But that's certainly something you wouldn't want to miss because your car won't start. That's why you need Interstate Batteries, America's number one replacement battery. And the brand Autotechs prefer three times more than any other brand. Get a battery test today. Find your closest dealer at interstatebatteries.com. That's interstatebatteries.com. Outrageously dependable. Five Hour Energy helps you get through your crazy on the go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 73120. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave. I just think at times it's boring football. That's all. This is Dan Patrick. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Gang's all here, ready to go. Monday. I feel like I can finally exhale. There was a moment during the Kansas City Chiefs game where I actually had to turn over to watch some golf just because I felt like I was holding my breath the entire first half. Like, I needed a little bit of a reprieve from just how crazy that game was. And then I flipped back over. But one of the wilder games that I've ever seen. And we'll uh, dissect that coming up. And the other games as well. We'll look ahead to the conference title games. National title game at stake tonight in New Orleans. We'll have uh, David Pollock from the Mothership join us from New Orleans. Your phone calls are always welcome. Best and worst of the weekend. Every Monday we do it. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like. You can email us, dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow, and our phone number, 877-3DP-SHOW. We say good morning to our great radio affiliates around the country, numbering 362, and our TV partners, DirecTV Audience Network, that's channel 239 and BR Live. McLovin will have his poll question or two coming up. Yes, McLovin was supposed to dress as a Titan today, having lost that bet to me. He had the Ravens, I had the Titans, and uh, where is said Titan outfit? So me and the production team uh, did a lot of work on Sunday, and we need till Friday to perfect the costume, which uh, is very Titan-like. So I figure Friday, I'm asking for a stay of execution. Uh, It's Titan-like. Now, it's not a Titan uniform, a Tennessee Titan uniform. No, no, uh, I'm not dressing as Derrick Henry. It's uh, more Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans. Okay. That'll be Friday. Yeah, Friday leading into their big game uh, in the championship game. All right. Uh, at what point did you realize you were in trouble with this bet? So when it, they narrowed it to 14-6, I think, at halftime, I'm like, oh, phew. Uh, they're going to roll in the second half. I'm not going to worry about that. Then when Lamar panicked in the pocket and got stripped, I was like, this is over. This is bad. This program brought to you by LegalZoom. Make 2020 a year you will remember for the right reasons. Use LegalZoom to help you navigate the uh, well, the, the world of last will, living trust, uh, LLC, S-Corp. You're starting your business. LegalZoom. Uh, promo code Patrick for ex- uh, extra savings. LegalZoom, where life meets legal. If you're one of those people who follows stories about TV ratings, you know how ridiculous the NFL numbers have been this season. NFL games accounted for 73 of the top 100 shows of any kind in 2019. And this weekend we were reminded why, because this is 
the best drama on TV. Now, it started with the Niners and Vikings, and there wasn't any drama there. But I think what happens is, because the Niners were so great, we kind of moved on from that. We were looking for some excitement. So then you focused in on what happened with the Titans and the Ravens. You know, the Packers and the Seahawks was really interesting, and of course the Chiefs and the Texans. Don't lose, you know, don't lose sight of what the Niners did. The Niners defensively did, you know, as something as impressive as what the Chiefs did offensively. That Niner team shut down the Vikings. I know we can go back and say, well, Kirk Cousins or, you know, predictable play calling, but what they did and the pressure they applied, that was a very, very impressive. It reminded me of the Bears against the Patriots in the Super Bowl back in 1985. I think the Patriots that day had seven carries for seven yards, got sacked seven times, I think. That Niner defense is quick, and they are on you right away. We'll talk to one of their great defensive linemen, DeForest Buckner. He'll join us a little bit later on. But, you know, the chaos broke out when the number six Titans shocked the Ravens. The first time a number six seed beat a number one seed since 2010, that was, uh, I think, back when the Packers uh, did that and went to the Super Bowl. On Sunday, the Texans were up 24-zip, and then Kansas City went on a 51-7 run. The nightcap last night, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson Jr., the third, and the Packers held on to win a close one. So that sets up Packers-Niners again, part two. Part one didn't go well for Green Bay. The Titans against the Chiefs. So good luck picking winners here. And I know that you probably want to write off the Titans. They're seven-point underdogs. The Packers are seven-point underdogs as well. It feels like the Titans should be a little bit more of an underdog, but, man, give credit to Mike Vrabel, that running attack. But to me, it was their defense. I thought the defense got in Lamar Jackson's face early. I thought I thought Baltimore abandoned the run a little too soon there. I don't need you to be cute. I, I, you don't need to go, well, they're playing the run, so we're going to pass. If you feel that confident about your running attack, then go get them because there's nothing more demoralizing than running the football down somebody's throat. But Tennessee did exactly that. Give them credit. They they played a perfect game, pretty much a perfect game, and that's what you needed. But you know what? They blew out Baltimore. I saw this tweet from Adam Schefter because if you're a Baltimore fan, I mean, this, this hurts. This hurts bad because you were the odds-on favorite, certainly to go to the Super Bowl. But as Schefter points out, the Ravens are in great shape for next season. Every Ravens offensive starter is under contract for next season. They're $45 million under the salary cap, and the Ravens currently are scheduled to have nine draft picks. I also don't want to hear this, and I've said this many times during the season. We, do, we have a referendum where we feel like one game, either somebody's really good or somebody's really bad. Lamar Jackson is really good. He's great. Uh, you know, the game plan is if you crowd the middle of the field and you make him throw out, you know, to the sides, you know, you, then that's, what, that's you, what you want there. That would be his weakness. But he's still a great player. He's going to be the MVP, and he'll grow from this. He grew from last year's loss. Look at what he did. He led the NFL in, in touchdown passes. He rushed for 1,000 yards, and he'll be as good, if not better, next year. Because everybody had their chance to try to figure out how to slow him down. Give Mike Vrabel and the Titans all the credit. They did a wonderful job. And then once you get up by 14 to nothing, 
because I was worried if they if they went down seven or fourteen or even ten points, then the Titans were going to be in trouble. But it was the opposite, and Baltimore was the one in trouble last night with Green Bay and uh, Seattle. And you know, I'm I've been doing this such a long time that you see the start of somebody's career and the end of somebody's career. And I did find it interesting how we were viewing a 36-year-old Aaron Rodgers. There's nothing 36 about him. I mean, there truly isn't. You know, Philip Rivers started to look his age. Tom Brady started to look his age. Drew Brees starting to look his age. Ben Roethlisberger. Aaron Rodgers doesn't play, doesn't look, doesn't feel like he's 36. Now, he may feel like he's 46 after he plays against uh, San Francisco this next weekend. But what I saw last night, I never looked at him and, and, and attached an age. Because there's a certain point when quarterbacks get to 35 or 36 that their age is always mentioned with their name. Tom Brady, 42. Like Philip Rivers, 38. You know, Drew Brees is 40. It always starts to tag along with you. And Aaron Rodgers at 36, at no point last night did I think that he was a 36-year-old quarterback. Green Bay has a surprisingly good defense, uh, under-the-radar defense, and you got Devontae Adams and a little bit of a running game there. San Francisco at least knows what is not successful against San Francisco, but can you change that game plan up? Because that pass rush is really, really impressive. Uh all right, McLovin, you got a poll question for me. Also, I'll give you my uh, national title pick uh, coming up in a little bit. Congratulations to Bill Cower and Jimmy Johnson. They were surprised over the weekend to be named to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I felt I felt bad for Cower because I don't think Bill, even though he loves the honor, I don't think he likes being surprised like that. And and it was because I think he was saying, you know, something along the lines of, "I hope you're not doing this to me." And he realized that they were doing that to him. And then, uh, you know, one of his daughters, uh, he had lost his wife who passed away. And uh, his new wife was there on, uh, on the set with them on CBS. And it was a great moment. And then Jimmy Johnson as well. It's nice to see people get out of what their TV personality is, where you see who they really are. And you got to see that with Jimmy Johnson and certainly Bill Cowher. Yes, McLovin. Okay, uh, for what you were saying, which divisional round loser will make the Super Bowl first? So who has, like, the best chance of taking the next step? The Vikings, Ravens, Texans, or Seahawks? I'm going to go Ravens. Yeah. The Texans. I, okay. I rail on them. I, I, I'm not a big fan of their head coach. Um, and, and I don't want somebody to get fired. But if you said to me that Romeo Cornell got fired today as their defensive coordinator, I would go, okay, I understand it. Or Bill O'Brien got fired, even though I think he's got three years left on his deal. I would understand it. You know, they might be the newer version of the San Diego L.A. Chargers, where you go, boy, they got a lot of talent, but they're not able to produce. Love Deshaun Watson. Love Deshaun Watson. But, man, there's something missing there. And maybe they were going to lose anyway. And we can talk about the strategy there with Bill O'Brien that you don't go for it on fourth down, but then you do go for it on fourth down when you're punting. And I, I mean, I can nitpick a couple of things here. I think they lost the game. Any chance of winning, I should say, with the fake punt, even though they were up. What was it, twenty-four, fourteen? And I said at the time, I, I think they just lost the game. Like I thought it was that big of a momentum change, and. 
I, I just don't have trust with Bill O'Brien there in a big moment. I don't. And you saw that. Kansas City was a better team. You know, at some point I might double Travis Kelsey. I don't know. That's just me. At some point. Okay, Tyreek Hill's not going to beat me. Uh, Travis Kelsey's beating me. Maybe, maybe I put two guys on him and two guys on Tyreek Hill. And then take my chances. But what do I know? Yeah, Paul. I don't know if Paul's mic's working. No. Oh, no, it's... It's back? Yeah. It's in my way. I, I would say that, that fourth down where they didn't go for it, they were going to go for it, the Texans, and yeah. then they had to call a timeout. It felt like it, it cooled off their, their rush that they were on. And if they would have got that fourth down, they maybe don't get a touchdown, but you burn a few more minutes and you keep your run going. And then when the Chiefs got that kickoff return right after, it's like, okay, everything just calmed down really quick. And she said, we got three quarters to score four touchdowns, we that, we do that all the time. And they were calm about it. It felt like the Ravens weren't calm. And it felt like Mahomes was like, he was on the sideline going, we got this, relax. He's, you could hear him. He's saying, relax, we got this. As they're down 24-0. I didn't, I didn't look at it that way. In real time, I thought, okay, got a field goal, great. Just keep piling up points. But the only thing I thought is you got to score touchdowns to beat Kansas City. So I didn't think you're up 24, okay, that's going to come back and haunt you. It was the fake punt where I went, oh, no, don't – you just did that. Oh, my gosh. And it felt like that momentum, and then all of a sudden – you know, Kansas City was beating themselves, and Kansas City was sort of gift-wrapping – or uh, Tennessee or uh, Texans were gift-wrapping some points for uh, uh, them uh, where you're going to go, oh, okay, we're going to take those. And, and they built up sort of a artificial lead, it felt like. But I didn't, I didn't look at that, you know, let's not go for it on fourth and one. It was the fake punt that I thought came back and haunted them. What do you have, McLevin? Poll question. What else? All right. Uh, if you want to talk about – you want to save tonight's game, uh, let's talk about the Browns for a second. If you were a hot offensive coordinator, would you want the Browns job? Because the rate of turnover is now, people are noting, remarkable. All right. The Browns hired Kevin Stefanski, offensive coordinator from the Vikings. And I guess what is going to happen – is they're going to be using a whole lot of analytics here. Um, I think Josh McDaniels went in there and said, look, I'll take this job, but you got to let me hire my guys and let me do it my way. And I think the Browns go, no, no, we, we would rather be involved in this and screw things up. Uh, and, and it feels like that that's what they're going to do. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Bucky Brooks, he uh, had this tweet. Uh, if this is true, uh, the Browns are really trying to take a baseball approach. The GM basically uses the head coach as a joystick to play the game the way he wants, just like baseball's analytic teams approach their games. Don't know why a head coach would agree to this plan. Um, I think we thought Josh McDaniels was going to take the job. I think what Josh did is he went in and said, look, the only way I can do this is if you let me do it my way. And that owner tends to meddle too much and probably said, I don't want to give up all of the control here. And that's why. And maybe Kevin Stefanski is the right guy for what they need at the right time. But I would, I'd be nervous going into that job. Yes, McLevin. So wasn't the problem with Freddie Kitchens that he didn't have enough authority and sort of heft to manage all the personalities there? So they bring in a 37-year-old first-time coach. Is he... It feels like there's personality problems with Cleveland. Is he the guy to make all that come together? That's another thing that surprised me because keep in mind, Stefan Diggs 
while seems to be a great kid, you know, he became a diva in Minnesota, and they had a hard time handling that. I don't know if Kevin Stefanski was involved in that, but as the offensive coordinator, if you can't handle Stephon Diggs, good luck with the wide, wide receivers you have in Cleveland. Plus, I think that Gary Kubiak did a great job behind the scenes with that Vikings offense. Maybe he'll get promoted offensive coordinator, but Kevin Stefanski are bringing in another young guy. I needed somebody who has a little bit of a resume there. I just need somebody that the players are going to go, oh, okay, because they do take inventory on this. Players do this where they go, what have you done? And if you got a guy who's at least been there with Brady, uh, you've won Super Bowls. Granted, you didn't do a great job as a head coach. That's 10 years ago. But but to me, you got to go in and feel like you got a little bit of an advantage going into that locker room. And I don't know if, I don't know if the Browns have that situation. Yeah, McLovin. Are you okay if it's fourth and one and the coach has to listen to the analytics guy? Like he's got an analytics guy saying, here's what we're doing. Okay, why can't you be listening to the analytics guy before the game starts? Well, you during do. the week. Like fourth and one, they have programs. They have programs that say when you're in this situation and, you know, in this part of the field, you do this or this is what they do. That's the analytics department. I don't want somebody going. So you got an analytics guy going to be in your ear for then you to be in, in Baker Mayfield's ear. That's how it works in baseball. That's what they're saying. The yeah, Astros but, do. But you don't have to worry about time here in baseball. I mean, I can talk to you the entire game. You got to get a play in. Well, let the analytics guy call it. Well, if that's the case, fine. But Baker Mayfield, you're not. You got to simplify his job. Yes, Todd. And there's got to be something to be said for gut feelings and the flow of the game, which analytics, you know, you could calculate all the numbers you want, but sometimes every moment is different. If you've got a big lead going, just like we said, why are they kicking a field goal when it's 21 nothing? Analytics can't speak to the emotions of the moment. Well, how did analytics uh, help the Texans there? I'm sure they had analytics on uh, a fake punt and not going for it on fourth and one, you know, in the red zone. I, I'm guessing analytics pro- probably played a role. Yeah, McLovin. Well, the Ravens analytics, they go for it on fourth and one, and they made it like 100 times out of 100. But the Titans are this miracle fourth and one team. They stopped the Patriots on fourth and one, and they stopped them. It's yep. ridiculous. Yep. Yeah, Paul. Are, are we in the new era of debunking your own analytics for an advantage? Because if everyone thinks, well, they got to go for it here because that's what the analytics say, you go the opposite way because you're messing with the, uh, the team. Don't expect it. Try that out for a second. All right, we'll come up with a poll question. Uh, best and worst, whatever you saw that you liked, you didn't like. Sean Salisbury, former NFL quarterback, now a great talk show host in uh, Houston. He will join us coming up. Are they calling for Bill O'Brien to be fired there? Mike Leach, Mississippi State head coach, will join us a little bit later on. DeForest Buckner, the Niners defensive lineman. And David Pollock uh, of the Mothership. He's there at the national title game. We'll have a preview for you. Coming up, 19 after the hour. Just getting started here on the Dan Patrick Show. Everybody's got a to-do list. I get one from my wife, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk, figure out something to get out of the house so I can relax. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. The good thing, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Do you like extra money in your pocket? Do you like not having to drive somewhere to pick something up? This is the way to do it. It just may be the most rewarding thing on your to-do list today. That's geico.com. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. 
And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. One of the great drummers in history, not just rock and roll, Neil Peart. Peart. Paulie, make sure that I uh, get that pronunciation <laughs> right. Spelled Peart, but it's Peart of Rush. Uh, one of the great, great and signature drummers of all time. You probably put him uh, in there. John Bonham, I think, comes to mind. And uh, Neil certainly holds his own with John Bonham, the uh, Led Zeppelin drummer. But uh, passed away over the weekend. Yeah, I felt bad for you, Paulie. I know that you uh, that's your favorite band. And, you know, when I you sent it out that he had passed away, and I thought, gosh. And I watched that documentary on Rush. and uh, The 40th anniversary. He, yeah, and he he was always different. Um, and you know, Didn't he walk away from the band for a little while? Yeah, Neil Peart, he, in like 97, 98, he had a daughter pass away, yes. and his common-law wife passed away. Yeah. And he took about five years off and rode his motorcycle I don't think a lot of people know that he wrote 90% or 95% of the lyrics for the band. I didn't Usually know that. the drummer doesn't. Um, yeah, I, I was taking a nap on Friday, and I woke up, and my phone was buzzing a lot. And I saw it. And, you know, sometimes when you look at something and you're not clear, I'm like, well, that, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Because I, I don't think most people, I know, I didn't know he was ill. He had had arthritis for years, and that's one of the reasons he retired. We had Getty Lee on six years ago. He said, you know, Neil has arthritis, and that's a big deal. But no, I don't think anyone knew he had brain cancer. Um, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dpdanpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. Sean Salisbury, who is the uh, morning drive host in Houston, Sports Talk 790, former NFL quarterback, will join us. Coming up on uh, the Texans blowing a 24 to nothing lead. By the way, the NFC Championship game will be played between two franchises who have won a combined nine Super Bowls. Niners have five, Packers have four. The AFC Championship game will be... Played between two teams who have combined to win one. The Chiefs with one and the Titans with zero. Uh, Tennessee, the artist formerly known as the Houston Oilers. And uh, Tennessee is in the national title game. Could you? I kept thinking, as much as I hate the NFC South, or AFC South, if you were going to have the Texans and the Titans playing for the right to go to the Super Bowl, my mind would have exploded. Yeah, McLovin. Yeah, Twitter and everybody, and we had a good time uh, that they're going to flex out of the game <laughs> or they put it on Thursday night or maybe Sunday morning in, in London on we're Yahoo. Gonna, yeah. We're going to flex out of the AFC title game if it was the Titans against the Texans. Uh, speaking of the Texans, Sean Salisbury's there. And, uh, well, Sean, if you were going to sum up that game for somebody who didn't see the Chiefs beating the Texans, how would you describe it? Have you seen Scream 7 with Tara, uh, Tara Reid and Groundhog Day? That's the, the Texans' approach. Dan, uh, I would sum it up as this. If you've watched the Texans play all year long, it's exactly who they are. They play a quarter, maybe a quarter and a half. They can't handle success. They'll handle adversity pretty decent, but they can't handle success, and that's been a problem. This has been their M.O., some spectacular, uh, some decent, and a whole bunch of ugly 
and they just don't handle success very well. And Bill O'Brien, they there's a choke factor that goes into players at times, and then there's that factor, Dan, you know those guys. I'm the type of guy who'd throw it to the other team in the playoffs. You get the Mahomes or the Rodgers or the Wilsons who they just kind of raise their game. The Houston Texans and Bill O'Brien coaching staffs choke too. It's not just players. they got to do a lot of self-evaluation. This was a bad loss. The problem is a lot of mental errors and aggressiveness is one thing. Stupidity is another. And the Houston Texans approach from second quarter on with a lot of stupidity and a lot of unsound football. If you owned that team, what would you do today? I would evaluate the coaching position as hard as I did evaluate and whether I should buy the franchise or not. And you think about players, Dan, I've been in, we all are. What are the coaches doing this week once this is over? All the coaches are evaluating each player on their team hard. Is this guy worth another contract? Can he help our team going forward? Should we cut him? Who's checking the, the, the coaching staff? Well, Eric Bieniemy would have had a call by me at about uh, in the middle of the third <laughs> quarter from the owner's box. I would have called him and said, dude, can you get on a flight from your sideline right now? Do you got a text message? I'd have brought him in. Listen, Bill's a good coach and a heck of a guy. But, Dan, this, you know, we talk about ceilings. Who can break through? Yeah. We look, let's think about some of the great coaches. Ron Rivera did a great job in Carolina, but the speech gets old, and Ron will do great in Washington. Mike McCarthy, great job in Green Bay. Time to move on. Bill Cowher, Hall of Famer in Pittsburgh. Sometimes the speech gets old, and then guess what? They go on to other success or other coaching, and they'll be successful. It's six years. I know it's four division championships. Well, what are you willing to settle for? You want to settle for just getting there? Is that good enough? Is that what you want? Or do you want to be the team that, you know, cuts your heart out and feeds it to you? I would evaluate the position. I like Bill O'Brien. He's good. But his head's hit the ceiling and he can't break through. This team, in order to get to February, needs a February coach. Unfortunately, they got a January coach. Um, What stood out with the Chiefs, there's a couple things. First of all, it didn't bother me that the Texans went for the field goal to go up 24-0. Because there's no guarantee you score a touchdown there. But, it, you know, all right, if you want to be more aggressive, I know you got to score touchdowns to beat Kansas City. But you're up 24 to nothing. Um, I didn't know the defense was going to be just a rumor for the Texans. And then mm-hmm. the, the other thing with the fake punt, if, if you're not going to be aggressive in the red zone, and, and then don't be aggressive when it comes for a fake punt. That's what I didn't understand there. It didn't fit. Like the Ravens always go for it on fourth and one. We're not surprised at any right. of that. You know, you're conservative at one end, and then, you know, it's a catastrophe at the other. I, I just didn't understand that dichotomy. Yeah, and Dan, think about it. I'm not the quarterback for the Chiefs. Mahomes is. You've got to give him the short field. Yeah. And Bill said, well, we thought it was going to take 50 points. Well, then you shouldn't have kicked the field goal. And I'm with you. I was actually watching. I said, kick it, take these points. Dan, you know, look how tough points are to come by in the playoffs. Hell, it's t- tough enough during the regular season. You think 24, if I get to 30? Man, I should be in good shape in 51. But I agree with you. And then aggressiveness is one thing. Being, you know, the sound football is another. So you do it, but they didn't even put a body on Sorensen. It's almost like if we're going to be aggressive, backed up, punt the ball, make them go 90 yards, because now it's 24-14 and the momentum's definitely switched. But at least if you're going to be aggressive, be aggressively sound. Dan, that'd be like mm-hmm. me at, at the 20-yard line, and we want to, it's fourth and one, and we're, t- we're down five. And they got a strong safety blitz on, the, on, on our right side of our offense. And we're running a single back toss sweep into it. And the best strong safety in the league, Polamalu, is coming up to get you in the backfield. That's, that's maybe aggressive, but it's not sound football. It's just, it was almost as if, and you're exactly right, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. We want to be aggressive, 
but we're kicking a field goal, yet we're backed up. That's been the problem with them, Dan. It's just there's no rhyme or reason. And their identity should be number four. You, tell, you know what their identity is, the, inconsist, the consistent inconsistency. It's a hard watch, and, and, and people here are going crazy over it naturally and should. But you, when you jump out 24 to nothing, if you can't handle that success, then changes need to be made, and you've got to look long and hard. And if you're going to keep him there, the leash has to be about one chain link. We're talking to uh, Sean Salisbury, Sports Talk 790 in Houston, Morning Drive host, former NFL quarterback. I also noticed one other thing, and that was Patrick Mahomes' demeanor through all of this. I never saw him get angry. It felt like he was, you know, telling his team, you know, we got this. Like, stay in the moment here. We've get wrapped some points to them, some opportunities. We got three quarters to go. And when, after that fake punt, I said, the Texans just lost this game. And I think it was 24-14. Just that momentum. And, you know, and here's another thing. Travis Kelsey's a wonderful player. I I still think maybe if you look at that tape, Bill O'Brien might go, you know, maybe we should have put two guys on Travis Kelsey. As, as great as Tyreek Hill is, you want to put two guys on him? Travis Kelsey was killing you, killing you. And Tony Romo saying as long as they have single coverage on Travis Kelsey, they will not win this game. And I, that, that's what baffled me. Yes, and it's, 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 it's maddening is what it is. And, and, and first of all, about Mahomes, you're 100% correct. Because of not only his demeanor, and he didn't get to see the ball much early, you know, special teams gaff, a drop ball. He knew that when they put the ball in his hand, that's what his poise is at a different level. And like the great ones that we know, the Bradys and the Breezes, when the temperature of the game goes up, his blood pressure goes down. Thus, mere mortals choke, and he doesn't, which is why if you pull 32 GMs and head coaches – they would start their franchise with the guy in Kansas City. That's number one. You were never out of it, and I never felt comfortable for the, for the Texans. On the other side of it, you were exactly – it was 24-7 when they faked the punt. Mahomes took him down. It got to 24-14. to I went into – I said three things on Friday on my show, Dan. I said if they can't tackle in space, meaning the Texans, they're in trouble. Travis Kelsey is the, is the biggest mismatch on the field, and they did nothing about it and didn't adjust. He was destroying them, and you didn't adjust. Say, well, let's try this. That's what good coaches do. And then finally I said, at some point in time, special teams will be the difference in the game. Well, I didn't know that eight special teams plays were going to be in it. But you look at that, and it's, a, it's never one play, but it's a series of about six to eight plays, and bingo. The Chiefs capitalized more, especially as the game went on. But when your leader knows that you're in it and it's not fake leadership, you know you got a chance. Watson's special, Dan, but he had to fight the yeah. uphill battle. The difference is there's a poise about throwing the ball away and not trying to hit a home run every time that has Mahomes just one step up from the rest of from most of the dudes in this league. We're pretty lucky with Lamar and Deshaun and, and Pat Mahomes, but Mahomes will be the leader in the clubhouse, and he gives you a legitimate chance to win in February. I mentioned about a half hour ago that there are certain players that you always attach their age to them. Like Tom Brady, his official name is Tom Brady, who's 42. And Drew Brees, who's 40, and Philip Rivers, and Ben Roethlisberger. Aaron Rodgers is getting there. You know, the 36-year-old Aaron Rodgers, there is nothing 36 about him. I, I, I truly marveled when the game, when he needed a couple of big plays on third down, he delivered big time. Uh, and, and I think we somehow, he's not underrated, but maybe under the radar this season. Yeah, well, and because he hasn't had those gaudy stats, right? We're so used to now. Man, you got to be Lamar and run for a thousand and throw for thirty-five or forty touchdowns, or Pat and throw for fifty touchdowns. And we've seen Gotti from Aaron so many times. 
But when it's on the line, and you're exactly right, and I do believe, well, well maybe, I don't know if it's underappreciated, underrated, but is there a more confident guy in his ability in his right arm than anybody in the league, I'm honestly? And the ball comes out so quickly, and you're exactly right. Matter of fact, when you just mentioned his age, I was going to say, how old is he again? I know how old Mah- Rivers and Brady and, and Breeze are, and you're right. But I can tell you this, you may be a patch and Super Bowl champion again because he's finally got a guy in the backfield and a team that's committed to run in the football. He doesn't have to throw 45 times to beat you, but I promise you this. I don't know what's going to happen against San Francisco, but if he does have to throw 45 times, he can. He's special and one of the greats of all time, um, regardless of the number of Super Bowls he has. I'll take him any day of the week when there's a game on the line, and the two quarterbacks in that game, you saw Russ put him in a position to win, but Aaron, last, last drive, does everything necessary so you don't let the other dude yeah. get the ball in his hands. Yeah, I really thought that Russell was going to lead them down and they were going to yep. take the lead, and then he was going to leave too much time on the clock for Aaron Rodgers to come back. <laughs> right. But also, I, you know, that San Francisco performance sort of got lost because th- there was never really a game. And then, you know, you probably went about your day because you looked and you said, Minnesota's not coming back. That's, that's, a, that's a great front there. And if you can put pressure on Rodgers and not have to blitz anybody um, – I was really, really impressed with Cam- or with the uh, the Niners' defense. Right, Dan, think about then, as we go to the final four. Think about the final four, about game plans and what you stick and do what you do with slight adjustments. The 49ers are physical. What is their M.O.? We're going to formation you. We're going to personnel group. We're going to run the football down your throat. And we're going to maul you on defense. And going in, Dalvin Cook wasn't going to beat us. <laughs> Nine, ten carries. Kirk Cousins was going to have to beat him. Didn't happen. Look at the Tennessee-Baltimore game. Baltimore completely out of their game plan, throwing 50-plus times. And what did Tennessee do? Vrabel looks at the coordinator and says, you better hand it to that outside linebacker that dresses in a phone booth, and we're going to run down their throat, and we're going to stick with it to the tune of 190-plus yards or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. They're out of there. The Texans throw 50-plus times. Kansas City does what they do. The 49ers. As far as the complete team, Dan, where you don't have to rely on the quarterback to carry it, but he can in moments, they're about as complete a team as there is. And look at all this old-school football, punch you in the mouth, wear you out, force you to throw it more, and to take your game plan out. That's why the Final Four is great. They all have got their kind of the old-fashioned way. They've all run it. They've all played defense. And the 49ers probably, when it comes to all-around, do it better than anybody in the league right now because the quarterback is more than capable of throwing it, and they're so physical. We're back to old Steelers, old 49ers, old Cowboys, that type old Ravens football here in 2020. Have you heard about my Titans? Uh, I know that they're pretty good. Are they your Titans? What, what else do I need to know about them? They've been my team for years. They're your, so that's been your favorite. Vrabel's good. Yeah, and you want to trade. You see at the end of the game when, when, when Derrick Henry gets in the secondary, the guy's like, you know what? Uh, you know what? I don't think so. Not today, man. I don't want to. He punishes people. So, they, so they've been your favorite team for years, truly. Well, months. Oh, okay. So you're trying to tell me they saved a seat on the on, on the bandwagon for you. So you decided to jump on? Oh, I'm in coach. Oh, middle seat coach. But, uh, no, I bet McLovin. I took the Titans and gave him the Ravens. And uh, McLovin has to dress as a Titan uh, coming nice. up this week. Yeah. Now, can they, Dan, you know who it reminds me of? Remember when, when Bob Greasy and Zonka Kick and, and uh, Mercury Morris, when look at Greasy in those two Super Bowls, look at his number of passing attempts. 
that he threw to win those two Super Bowls. They're kind of doing it that way. Dude, we're not going to throw it much more than 15 times, and when you do, just be efficient. And we're going to – third and eight, we can still – third and eight, our best option is turn around and hand it to that big dude in the backfield. Yeah, they got a chance, Dan, because they – Vrabel's not going to deviate. He'll make adjustments. He's not going to deviate. The teams that are going to be playing in February will be the ones that control the line of scrimmage. It sounds so cliche and cheap, but it's the truth, and it's still football, and it won't change 50 more years from now. You've got to be physical, and all four of these teams left can knock you in the mouth. Thank you, Sean. Good to talk to you, buddy. Uh, nice to talk to you. I appreciate you having me on. Have a good one, buddy. And congratulations on the Hall of Fame. Overdue and well-earned, my man. I appreciate it, and I'm glad for you. Thank you, Sean. That's uh, Sean Salisbury, Sports Talk 790, Houston Morning Drive host and former NFL quarterback. Yeah, there were some uh, running games. I know McLovin doesn't place a whole lot of credibility in having a great running back, but what about a great running attack, McLovin? Right, yeah, well, I think four of the top seven rushers this weekend were quarterbacks. I mean, the running quarterback is the thing now. Mahomes ran like yeah, crazy. Yeah, I know. Russell ran like crazy. yeah. And can then, they all keep this up? I think they can with the new rules. I It's being smart when you run. That's all. Lamar Jackson goes in there, and he's he's a running back. Yes, yeah, But don't you just keep looking at Derrick Henry and being like, does he have another game in him? <laughs> How long is he keeping this run going? I don't know if he's hurt, but I know that the guys that are trying to tackle him are hurt, or their feelings are hurt. But there was a moment in that game where it felt like the Ravens and I don't want to call anybody out, but it felt like there was a player or players who said, oh, God, this is going to hurt. Yeah, you know, the offseason is like uh, you know, about an hour away. Eh, why bother here? Yeah, Paul. I was looking at some Derrick Henry highlights from high school. He's the biggest guy in the field. He's bigger, stronger, and faster. And all they did was run the ball and not pass. And it's still going on 10 years later. Remember when he came into the man cave after he won the Heisman? Yeah. I went. Good God, he's a running back. He carried the ball 30 times. No one else who plays the running back position on their team carried the ball. No other running back touched the ball in that game. Yeah, McLovin. Why did the Ravens totally abandon their running backs after a season-long of wild success running the ball? And they just said, nah, we're going to drop back every play? It felt like there was panic there for some reason. It, It really did. And, you know, unlike Seattle, because Seattle came out in the second half and ran the football because it, it you know, I know Kansas City doesn't run the football that much, and they can demoralize you with their wide-open offense, but there is nothing more demoralizing than just systematically taking you apart by running the football. Yeah, for two. And not only that, when you know it's coming, you look at all, <laughs> you see all these stats of what he's done these past several weeks, so you know that's basically their offense, and you still can't stop them knowing it's all going to be Derrick Henry. Well, I knew he was going to throw to Travis Kelsey, and they had to know he was throwing to Travis Kelsey, and they still couldn't stop it. But once again, two guys on Kelsey probably would have been a better game plan. Take a break. Play of the day coming up and your phone calls. Best and worst of the weekend after this. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com. Clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to 
a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Oh, my God. The play of the day. All eight titles have come in the last nine seasons. Is it time for North Dakota State to be upgraded? Do we put them in the Big 12? Like, where do we put North Dakota State? Promotion to the Big 12? Or do you, if you're North Dakota State, do you want to stay there and continue to dominate there? Or would you rather go up where there's no guarantee that you're going to, you might be playing for conference titles, but probably not a national title anytime soon. Yeah, Paul. North Dakota State, they usually play like Kansas State or a big-time opponent every year. And if they, they can knock them off, they get some good pub. But if they went to the Big 12 and finished... Seven and five. Is that better than just rolling the FCS? I don't know what – I mean, they're, they're, they're the game in town. You're playing for a national championship. By the way, Bison Radio Network with the call there and a little uh, rush for you. Our play of the day brought to you by LegalZoom. They can help you out. Make 2020 a year you'll remember for good things. Go to LegalZoom.com today. Promo code Patrick and the box of checkout. Special savings. Need to make it legal? Make it LegalZoom.com. But that's pretty impressive. They've won 37 games in a row. Eight titles in the last nine years. They beat uh, James Madison, who I think was the only team in that stretch that won a national title. Yes, Paul? The quarterback for North Dakota State, Trey Lance. He didn't throw an interception this year. Yeah, not in the title game or the playoffs the entire season. Yeah. 28 touchdowns, no <laughs> picks for Trey Lance. He's a freshman. But they, they've had, like, Easton Stick, Carson Wentz. Sure. And now Trey Lance is the, Trey uh, Lance. Is the uh, like, the Clemson quarterback to 1AA. Got to wait two years for him to be draft eligible. He's the Trevor Lawrence? Yes. Of, okay. Yes, McLovin. Now, if they go to the Big Ten, are they good at losing bowl games? Because that's, isn't that a requirement? Oh, yeah. He went there. <laughs> what do you – have you been sitting on that one for a while? Yeah, there was a lot of Twitter jokes this season about Big Ten struggling in bowl games. So I, They're not going to the Big 12. That's the old Southwest Conference. They're going to the Big Ten, aren't they? North, North Dakota State. Right after Minnesota. Yeah, but you got Nebraska there. You know, in all seriousness, if, you, if you're the Big Ten and you could drop Rutgers and add North Dakota State, I would do that in a second. A decent football program with a great fan base. I'm dead serious. A relegation game, winner take all. Rutgers North versus North Dakota State. North Dakota State wins, they get okay. into the Big Ten. Now, now we're on to something. I'll take the Bison and give you nine and a half. Easy. Could we, could we see if Vegas would come up with a line? Of Rutgers this past season versus North Dakota State. We should put that game neutral, on. Neutral site? Well, Rutgers is a neutral site. Wow. Well, yes, McLovin. I'll tell you when that game would be. Saturday, 12 noon. <laughs> <laughs> Get uh, Indiana and Maryland up in the mix, and yeah, then we got ourselves like a nooner on yeah. uh, Saturday. Yeah. And who doesn't like a nooner? Brandon in Kansas joins us. Hi, Brandon. Morning. Morning. Got a best and worst. Uh, worst would be uh, the first quarter. 
of the Chiefs game, and the best would be the second quarter on. All right. And that uh, all the Texans playing in fear on the fake punt, fourth and four. Knew right then it was over. Yeah, that was my feeling. Uh, thanks for the phone call, Brandon. And even though, what, 24 to it just felt like they had a lot of energy going there, a lot of good things happening, and you were keeping Patrick Mahomes off the field. But Kansas City was beating themselves, and I think that's where Mahomes was saying, hey, just relax, let us get into our rhythm. And that's as impressive offensively as I've seen in the postseason, postseason history. You know, you're peeling off 51 points, 51 to 7. Yeah, McClellan. There was a fourth down late in the Seahawks-Packers where the Seahawks punted yeah. with 3.22 left. Should they have not punted and risked giving it back to Aaron Rodgers? One at third and 11. It was fourth and 11. Fourth yeah. and 11. Yeah, 3.22 left. Yes, yeah, Somebody, uh, Bleacher Report, I think, put together a list of, uh, like, outdated tweets, like early reaction tweets to uh, Texans. <laughs> and one guy wrote, I know you're all joking about Texans-Titans playing in the AFC title game on Thursday night, but in all seriousness, it's going to be moved to London for the 10 a.m. slot. Mike Leach from Mississippi State will join us coming up. Hey, what's happening, man? It's Tip T.I. Harris. Come check me out, man. Join me on my new podcast called Expeditionly. Exclusively available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Now, every week I'm going to be talking to people who move the culture forward, who are shaping and changing the world in their own way. You're going to hear some shit that will change your life and move the needle in your world. Expeditionly is exclusively available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Now, what I need you to do is download and subscribe to Expeditiously with a new episode dropping every Thursday. Do it Expeditiously! Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 73120. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. <laughs> 